Well, good morning. What a week. <laughs> a little bit different from any other kind of week we have experienced. You know, gosh, you just I feel like we just live from one announcement to the next. We make an announcement, and then the next day it's expanded on, and then the next day it's contradicted. We're just all over the place. You know, as we were making decisions for our church, we were looking at what different churches were doing and, and what's going on in their community that led them to those decisions. And that that did lead me to probably the the greatest announcement I think I've, I've ever heard. I mean, you can't make this up. This is the honest truth that I'm about to tell you. I'm not going to tell you the church. Uh, it's not in our community, not in our area or state, but they, th- this was their announcement. The blank, the name of the church, the blank faith healing group is canceled for the coronavirus. It just seemed like this would have been their time to shine. <laughs> How do you cancel now because of that? But uh, gosh, what you know? Did y'all notice this week? Uh, if you live life on Facebook, which, which God help you, um, the, the first four or five days, you know, Monday to Thursday, we all lost our mind, and then on Friday and Saturday, we made fun of all the people who'd lost their mind. Not me, of course, because my all my reactions were perfect. But uh, gosh, just all all over the place uh, this week. Can I? Can I state the obvious here? I hope it's obvious. Folks, we can't lose our mind. We can't lose our mind. We can't be swept away in fear. We cannot forget, and we do this. We cannot forget what we know and believe about God and His Word. At this exact moment. It is at this exact moment that we have our greatest opportunity, and dare I say, responsibility to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? What what does that mean to be a follower of of Jesus Christ in a coronavirus? What what, what does that mean right here, right now? I mean, folks, as we talk about faith and fear and all these different things, I mean, I, I think it is safe to say we have all just been through a week that's unlike anything in our lives. We have, we have nothing to compare to this. We've never seen anything like this. We're not saying nothing like this has ever happened in history, right? Just that we haven't lived through something like that. I mean, I think of the bubonic plague. Can you imagine a disease that wipes out the, a third of a continent? I mean, I mean, that's happened. We had two world wars in the space of only about 30 years. Less than 30 years, two world wars where over, well over a hundred million people died. A little bit closer, maybe something that some of us do remember. I believe I was a senior in high school. Do y'all remember the famine in Ethiopia? Over a million people died in like a year, year and a half time span there. So the world has certainly seen tremendous devastation, tremendous loss. But in those moments, and I'm probably dancing on not being quite correct when I talk about the world wars, but those things were, listen to this word, localized. They happened in a spot. And there was many more spots where the world war was not happening. The bubonic plague was not happening. The famine was not taking place. Whereas the coronavirus is actually kind of bringing us all together where kind of the whole world's feeling it, aren't they? 
I mean, there's actually nations that haven't, haven't felt it yet. I'm, I'm kind of excited, praising the Lord. Nations that, that we love, that we work with here at the Heights, Zim, Zimbabwe, Haiti, and Nicaragua. Those three nations have no reported cases of that. And if you've been to those nations, they don't need anything else. They, they've got all that they can say prayer over. So, you know, not, it, it hasn't been felt everywhere, but it has the feeling of now being everywhere. And that's just a health statement. Then we're going to get to the economic and the disruption of life that is upon us right now. And, and that is going to be felt even further. Well, again, what an opportunity for the believer to be a believer. It's at this moment we show that we've got, we're going through the same thing as you, but we've got something else to carry us through it. Amen? Now, what is it a believer does or or does not do? Folks, a believer does not respond in fear and anxiety. Now, that's a huge statement to make. Fear and anxiety are emotions that come out out of us. You and I do not get to choose those emotions. We do not get to give life to those emotions. That's a command that God has for us in every day and in every event. God actually says, do not be anxious, but pray. Do not run away with anxiety and fear, but pray. Now, folks, somebody could look at that and think, wow, your God's really obtuse. Your God really doesn't get it. He doesn't see what is going on in the world. No, folks, then, now, God sees war. God sees famine. God sees disease. God sees worldwide things going on. And God sees the personal things going on. And he says, no, no fear, no anxiety. Now, he's not saying that to you and me as some kind of difficult, challenging rule to see if you can work your way into heaven. God's saying that to you out of love. That won't fix your problem. As a matter of fact, quite often in anxiety and fear, we make decisions, we act and react in ways that make it worse. And now I've got something else to undo. It just won't work. God in his kindness is saying, hey, I know how you're wired. I know how you're designed. I know your propensity to go this direction. Don't. Don't do that. Don't be anxious, but pray. That's what we are to be doing in this moment. That is our faith. Now, here again, what does that mean? What are we doing and not doing in faith? Because there's people of faith all over America today doing different things, sometimes even doing contradictory things. Is one faith and one not faith? How do we work through what all faith is in trusting God, believing on God in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our, our fear. Well, let's, let's talk about some things faith is not. Folks, faith is not pretending there's not a problem, right? Faith, faith acknowledges reality, and reality holds grief. Reality holds pain. Reality holds loss. Reality holds death. That's real. Nowhere in Scripture does God call us to look at those things and then just put on some kind of plastic smile and act like everything is not okay. Folks, if everything was okay, there would have never been a cross. Everything is not okay. Okay, so faith is not pretending like everything is okay. Here's another one, and again, I kind of see this on the on Facebook trending. Faith doesn't mock fear. 
People with faith do not make fun of, do not look down on, do not mock people who are in a moment of fear. Like I said, we all, we, all, we all went nuts for a couple of days, and then we all made fun of the people going nuts for a couple of days. Hey, listen, I'm not saying it's not okay to have a couple toilet paper memes right now. Sure, we can have fun. We can laugh. That's what sometimes humans need to do in a crisis. We need to laugh. But our laughter should never be at the expense of a person. And we don't mock and make fun of others in our faith. Did you know that God actually gives specific guidance on this? He said, hey, if you're filled with faith, if you're filled with knowledge, you give deference. You serve the weaker brother. You help the weaker sister. He actually says we should be willing to give up some of our rights in our faith for that weaker person. And because we don't mock and make fun of it, we also don't judge somebody else's faith. You see, like right now, it could look like we're all kind of making the same decision about the same thing, but we're actually not because there's different variables. And so one church or one person is weighing one set of variables, maybe over the same decision, but somebody over here, it's a different set of variables. So I can't actually see from a distance whether that person's expressing faith or not expressing faith. I mean, just look around the country, but half the churches are meeting and half are canceled. And do you know they both did that under God's direction? The half that are meeting, well, we're doing that because we trust God, aren't we? We trust God. We're going to worship God. That's essential to our life. And the half that are not meeting are doing that because they respect authority. That's a biblical idea. They're, they're respecting the suggestions. They, they, I, I kind of get this whole we need to break the curve. We, and if we're going to break the curve, we can't, we can't gather. And, and so you see, we're, we're going to be weighing different things, weighing what's going on in our community and make a, de, a decision. So just remember, when I'm filled with faith, when you're filled with faith, that doesn't mean I look down on or mock somebody who's not or judge how somebody else's faith is being played out. And when we talk about faith, we have to talk about what our faith is in. Our faith is in, now, now follow this, our faith is in God and what his word says. Our, we can't put our faith in what I think God is and what I think God should be doing. You do realize there's a difference, right? In other words, I can, I can say, you know what? I am trusting God to not catch the coronavirus. And it's okay for me to say that. I'm praying, hey, Lord, would you keep me healthy? Would you keep me and my loved ones free from any of that? And I can say, I am trusting God to not get the coronavirus. I cannot say my faith is in a God who will never let me get coronavirus because God has not promised me that. God nowhere in his word promised that I will never be touched by disease, never be touched by sickness, never be touched by the coronavirus. God has not promised that. I can't put faith in something God hasn't said or done. I put my faith in what God has said and what God has done. And what God has said is that my life is in his hands with a virus or without a virus. Amen? My life is in his hands. Christ be exalted. That's what we're trusting in. Our peace, folks, is in the author of the story. Our, 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 our peace is in the sovereign of the world. Our peace, our faith, not our fear, our faith is in the victor over the enemy. 
That's what we believe in. That's what we trust in right now. Faith is not anti-science. It's not anti-data. It's not anti-precaution, right? I mean, hey, we look at what's going on, the information that we have, and we make good, wise, biblical decisions in that. It's, it, you know, because I'm of faith doesn't mean I don't have to wash my hands. No, I, I think a person in faith washes their hands. I'm a little concerned that this is such a new thing for so many. I'm more afraid of you now than I've ever been before. I, I didn't know this was news to the world that we should wash, wash our hands. Hey, listen, you know what, folks? My faith is that I will live the exact number of days that God has determined for me. That day that I go to heaven is already written in his book, Psalm 139, verse 16. And until that day gets here, nothing can kill me. Now, that doesn't mean I stand in front of a train. You see what I'm saying? I have total faith that God is watching over my life. God is protecting my life. That doesn't mean I'm going to stand in front of a train. That doesn't mean I'm not going to wash my hands. So we've got to be careful how we're presenting faith to, to a watching world. Our faith is that God is in control. And that is our peace. And folks, when I say this moment... This moment right here, this exact moment is where we live like a follower of Christ, that we show ourselves to be believers. What I mean by that is this is our opportunity to display the peace that is found in Christ, the peace that only he can give. If I lose my mind like everybody else, then I just miss the opportunity to show the difference that that Christ makes. You know, a moment ago we saw we don't act anxious, we pray. The follow-up verse to that, Philippians 4, 7 says, and we will have the peace of God. It's, it's, see, peace is the product. Peace is what God wants for you right now and in this moment. A peace that actually protects my heart means it protects my emotions. A peace that protects my mind, my, my sanity God has a peace for you that protects. It is such an incredible peace that people won't understand it. People around you will actually, how, how do you have the peace that you have? Whether it's a worldwide crisis or a personal crisis that somebody knows you're walking through. Folks, this moment, this crisis is the chance for that peace. It's a chance for that question. How do you have that peace? Oh, it's only found in Christ. Jesus taught us that, didn't he? He said, man, out there, Tribulation. What you get out there is anger and violence and murder and thievery and disease and war and backbiting and and on and on and on. Out there's tribulation. Here's peace. Here with me. That's what I want for you. Say, man, God, what are you doing in this moment? He says, hey, I want you to know the peace I can provide in this moment. In the world, there absolutely is disease. I want you to be able to, I want you to see the peace that I have for you. And then I want you to be able to display that peace before a watching world. We have right now at this moment, maybe the greatest attractant to the gospel of Christ that, that we maybe in this room have had in our lives to share the gospel. So how, how do we get to that faith? How do we nourish that kind of peace? I want to give you three, three quick ideas, three simple ideas. They're simple to understand, simple to do. When I say simple, now every one of these ideas I, I could do a whole message on. Every one of these ideas I could develop much more biblically. But they're also very simple. First idea, we're trying to exercise, build that faith, find that peace. Number one, be still. Be still. That's God's command. That's not a neat idea I came up with. 
Be still. Do you notice that that command is the exact opposite of everything we're feeling inside? You see, when I'm feeding the fear, when I'm feeding the anxiety, what's the next thing I want to do? Something. Anything. Do so, somebody do something. And do you know that in that moment of anxiety where we just, 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 just do something, we make it worse. And now I've got two problems. Now I've got two bad decisions. Now I've got a problem and a bad decision. God says, hey, listen, instead of just running crazy right now, just stop and be still until you understand, until you know, until your faith is restored that I am God. I'm God in the virus. I'm God in the crisis. You know, that's Psalm 46.10. At the beginning of Psalm 46, it says that God is a very present help in our trouble. So, here, so here's what you do. Be still until you know his presence. Be still until you're confident of his help. Folks, you realize there's no way this ends where God's not still God. There's no way this ends where God is not still your help. No way. Yeah, 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 there is a way. I could catch the coronavirus and die. Oh, how exciting. Now you really get to see the presence of God and the help he is for you in death. There's no way this ends where God is not still God. Be still. And then coming in and through and out of that stillness, you begin to pray. We already saw Philippians 4, 6. We already saw the response to this is to pray. There's hundreds of verses in the Bible that tell us to do that at this moment. What do we pray about? Well, the obvious. What's on your heart? What are you scared of? What are you trying to figure figure out what's what's the decision that you're trying to make hey god guide me god first of all would you help me act like you want me to act in this moment before i want an answer before i want a solution before i want a direction would you help me to acknowledge and show you in this moment we pray that. And then, of course, we can pray, God, I need an answer. God, I need to know which way to go. Lord, I need to know how to respond. God, help us. Help me. Protect us. Protect me. And then we pray. And then here's what faith is. We wait. We wait on the answer because we know he has an answer. Do you know how much praying is done with absolutely no faith at all? Have you ever prayed for something and then got up and charged on with exactly what you were going to do anyway without waiting on an answer from God? Yes, you have. Let me answer that question for you right now. I know you have because I've done it and I'm a lot better than y'all. Yeah, come on. You know, we all have. We say this prayer and literally within seconds, it's like we'd never been there. We're charging right on in our anger, in our fear, in our whatever was carrying us before we even stopped. No, wait. Wait until you have God's answer. Wait because you know that he has an answer. And then we now know our next step. Number three, do the thing that most acknowledges God. Our goal in the coronavirus is not to respond to our fear. It's to respond to God. Our opportunity right now is to acknowledge God in our life, not the crisis in our life. Folks, that's not just true for a virus, right? That's true in every day. That's true in every situation. My opportunity today is to acknowledge God in my life, not the crisis 
in my life. The goal is to acknowledge him. You know, we're talking so much about fear today. There is something we're supposed to fear, right? Fear the Lord. Fear that's a confusing phrase to a lot. Oh, it makes this, you know, picture of a, of a scary God, which we kind of assume he's scary and angry anyway. No, folks, the fear of the Lord is just very simply God has a path. That path works. Everything else doesn't. There's a blessing in choosing God's path. There's a problem in not choosing God's path. That's the fear of the Lord, that this actually makes a difference. Folks, it's the fear of the Lord that yields a strong confidence. Did you know, if you notice when I'm fearing things in the world, when I'm fearing my fears, that breeds more what? It breeds more fear. It builds more fear in me. And some of us really have the gift of then passing that fear on to others. Hey, I can not only lose my mind, I can help you lose yours. What a missed opportunity for the follower of Christ. I don't want to pass fear on to you. I want to, I want to pass peace on to you. It's the fear of the Lord that yields a strong confidence in our lives. Man, that's, that's what we want to be passing on, folks. That's what we want to be giving to people. Oh, by the way, Proverbs 10.27 says the fear of the Lord prolongs life. So there's that. Man, let's make sure our lives today, tomorrow, we're alone at home, we're with a crowd of people, that whatever we're saying, doing, acting, and reacting, we're responding to the God in our lives, not the crisis in our lives. Amen? Now, here, here's what I want to do. I want us to do two of these three things right here and right now. Now, one of that, because it's just a good idea. Secondly, our, our president has called for us to pray Today And with all that he's managing, whether you think he's doing a good job or not, I'm grateful the president said in the midst of all he's thinking and doing right now, the nation should pray. And he called Sunday, March 15th to be a day of prayer. So we need to pray. So we're going to be still and we're going to pray. Now, here's how we're going to do this. I'm going to say be still and then we're going to be still for probably about 15 seconds. That's probably not long enough. But it's kind of a symbolic stillness, right? It's just going to remind us, okay, this is what this looks like. This is what this feels like. You hit stop, you hit pause, and you just don't say anything for a moment. And we should probably practice this later today. And and then I'm going to say, pray. And and then you're going to begin to pray. I, I want to do this two ways. One, I want to encourage out loud prayer. Now, I know that right now just scares me. Nobody's required to pray out loud. Okay, you can, you can pray quietly there by yourself in, in, in your own heart. If you feel comfortable, pray out loud by yourself. If you feel comfortable, pray with two, three, four people around you. I don't know, sometimes it's encouraging just to kind of hear prayers going up, right? I may not know the words, I may have run out of faith, I may have run out of energy, but people around me have it. And I'm just going to kind of live off of that faith and that energy at, at this moment. So I think it's good if, if, if we pray out loud for those that feel comfortable doing that. Now, I think we've got a lot to pray for. So what I would like to do is have us pray for different things. We have five groups. We have four sections here in the room. And we've got those watching online today. You know, we don't talk about online very much. Normally, our online audience is about a 1,000 I think today it's probably a little bit more, wouldn't you guess? It's a little bit more, and that's good, and you are involved with us right here and right now. I've got a prayer assignment for you. So if you are in this corner or this area right here, I want you to pray for our health care workers 
right? Because we really need them right now. We need them strong. We need them healthy. We need them to endure. We need them to come up with answers. And so w- would you just pray for all those in the healthcare field? Pray for them. This area right here, would you pray for our government? Pray for our government. Pray for the, the governments of the world. We need them to do something really crazy. And that's just things that are for the good of the people. Right? You know, politics is always there. Politics means there's a winner and there's a loser. Right now, I really don't need a winner and a loser. I just need everybody to work together for the good of the people. Amen? You got an idea of what to pray on there? And that's not just about our nation. We're working with a whole host of nations. We need all the nations of the world kind of working on the good of the people. So if you would pray for that. This section right here, you know, in all of this craziness going on and we can't find toilet paper, it's easy to forget There's actually people who have caught the coronavirus. There's actually people who have that virus right now. There's people who have died from that. There are families dealing with that. Would you pray for them? Pray for healing where that is still an opportunity. Pray for God's peace and presence, for him to be that very present help in those homes that are, however they're having to deal with that or however far it's gone. Would you pray for those that are dealing with that? And then this section and back through the corner, would you pray for the church? That that we're going to be what we need to be for our world. Folks, I really do believe we, our first thought should be, what are we supposed to be for our neighbor? What are we supposed to be for our world in this moment? There's a moment happening here. Let's not waste it. So kind of along the lines of what we've just talked about this morning or anything else you can think of, would you pray for our church, the church in the United States, the church around the world, and how they respond to that? And then for our online audience, would you take a moment, would you pray for all of those, we've this group's praying about those being impacted health-wise. We've got a whole lot more people that are going to be impacted economically and are going to be impacted by just the disruption of life. And, and usually that's going to be people who can't handle that anyway. They're already in a bad spot, and this, this just could make things much worse. So be, let's, let's pray for our, our hurting brothers and sisters out there who all these decisions and cancellations are just going to make this a whole lot worse for what they're dealing with. If you would be mindful uh, of praying for them. So again, I'm going to say be still. We're going to do that for about 15 seconds. I'm going to say pray, and then you just begin to pray in your assigned prayer. And uh, if you've got something else you want to pray about, by all means do so. Um, But we'll pray, and then after a few minutes, I'll close us in prayer. So let's be still. And now would you pray?
Our eternal God and Father, we love you and we worship you. We're in awe of you. We're in awe that you can hear every prayer. You, you, you can hear every prayer being uttered in this room, whether it was out loud or whether it was quietly in our hearts. You can hear every prayer that is taking place in every church around the United States today. You can hear every prayer that's being uttered in every home around the United States today. You hear each prayer. You care about each prayer. And you will respond to each prayer. God, we thank you and we worship you that you say our prayers make a difference. And God, we ask for the opportunity to see those prayers making a difference this week in our nation and throughout the world. God, would you protect us? God, would you heal our land Would you forgive us of our sins? God, help us to rightly and humbly acknowledge you, love you, and serve you in this. God, would you give us that peace so that we can get outside of ourselves and begin to see who and in the heart of Christ, in the hands of Christ, we can begin to serve and love those around us and we can begin to serve our community. I pray you will guide us in how we do that individually. I pray you'll guide us in how we do that as a church. Oh, Lord, Lord God, would you bring this virus to a halt? It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we ask this. Amen. Amen.